0: going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. 403-974-8255. Your favorite Halloween movie, and this is right up there, The Shining.
1: For some people, uh, solitude, isolation can of itself become (laughs) Huh? 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 Okay. <laughs> what do you do? I killed you, did Danny?
0: Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. your favorite Halloween movie. Want to understand, though, what is happening in our brain when we are afraid? And why do some people love to get spooked and others? No way. Arash Javanbak is an assistant professor of psychiatry. Wayne State University joins us today. Hello, Arash. Hello. Do you have a favorite
1: Halloween movie? Oh, I'm a fan of The Exorcist.
0: Oh, you actually saw The Exorcist?
1: I did, and it was uh, the most, I can say still, it's the most terrifying movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, I
0: said that would be on my list as well, but I've never seen it. I just think it would be so frightening. So you've got to delve into our brains about the whole idea of fear. What is happening when we are afraid of something?
1: So basically, in a very simple language, in a temporal lobe of all of the, uh, our brains, in us, other uh, the mammals, uh, there is this uh, area called a very small gland uh, or a brain area called uh, amygdala, which basically any stimuli that comes in, amygdala looks at it and says, what's the emotional value of this thing or this experience? And when that experience is something of threat or danger, then amygdala has been evolved over millions of years to tell the rest of the brain and the whole body, hey, you've got to get ready to run away or fight. And that's why that's when the fear or anger reactions get activated.
0: And so in our brain, if we're computing this and there's no, okay, we're afraid, but we're safe, then, then that's easier for us? I, I'm trying to understand that.
1: Yes. So then there are other components of brain. So amygdala just is the alarm, the warning, hey, something terrible or dangerous or something life-threatening is here that can damage us or injure us. Mm -hmm. And then there are other areas of the brain that walk in. One of them is hippocampus, which is mostly known to the public as the memory uh, area of the brain. It is very closely connected to the amygdala. What it does is that it does process the context. So basically, It looks around and says, so Amygdala sees, let's say Amygdala sees a lion and freaks out and says, hey, we should run away. Mm -hmm. And then hippocampus says, well, where are we? What is the context? (laughs) If the context is in the Sahara and it's just us and the uh, lion and there are no other humans, of course, we freak out and run away. But if the context is, well, there are other people happy here having ice cream and there, (laughs) there are bars between us and the lion then the hippocampus tells the amygdala, hey, slow down. Then there's this other area, uh, the frontal lobe, which is more of an advanced control system, which also does the cognitive processing, hand in hand with hippocampus is involved in managing and modulating amygdala's fear response, and what's one very interesting way that humans differently than other animals can also control fear is through instruction and information. Like someone can tell me, hey, this lion is tamed, and I will feel comfortable. Or someone can tell me, hey, this cute puppy bites, then I get scared. <laughs> that is where also the uh, prefrontal cortex is involved in actually this time triggering a fear response. So to summarize, one can see a more animal, more primitive brain in the amygdala area, which is the very quick automatic response to save our lives. And then the more advanced human areas which are in control of the fear response. So that's why if my dog sees a dog barking in the backyard or on TV, may have the same response because cannot differentiate between these two different contexts. Mm. It's still that primitive brain, yeah. Exactly.
0: And and I wonder if almost... Because we're talking about Halloween movies, and some people just mm-hmm. love Halloween movies. They like to be scared, but it's almost as if you're saying that primitive brain is saying, oh my gosh, but the other more advanced part of your brain is saying, you're in a theater that's a film, you're okay.
1: Exactly. So it's, it's, a, it's a balance between that initial fear and the arousal and the excitement that comes out of it and then the contextual processing that says, hey, we are safe. Just let's enjoy this emotional ride and excitement and also the sense of control, which is the third component. We need to feel we are in control. Whenever we have a sense of control over the situation, that gives us us a lot of comfort. So the balance between these three, enough of each of them, makes a person be able to enjoy a scary movie, a scary scary ride, a scary experience. But if there's any difficulty in the balance between these different components of that fear experience, there are people who will not love uh, 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 scary experiences, including scary movies. Well, even when you
0: talk about the balance in those three, then, some people can it be off balance then and the fear is real to them and they they need counseling to be able to understand what's happening
1: yes there are conditions uh, that uh, well fear as uh, we talked uh, earlier is a condition of uh, protecting us against uh, threat and danger and it is one of our best friends but a lot of times it becomes maladaptive or dysfunctional or distressing in the context of the civilized life that we have, which is much, much safer than 3,000 years ago when we we had a very fair chance of getting killed by a predator or the next tribe every day. So now there are conditions of high anxiety that can limit a person's ability to function or achieve their full capacity for life. Conditions like phobias, social phobia, post-traumatic stress disorder. General conditions of anxiety, these are all conditions that uh, can uh, be abnormal, can include abnorm- abnormal fear and anxiety.
0: Very, and the good news yeah. is that they can be treated for those
1: things. Yes. Uh, they, we, have, uh, we are living in a very good time for psychiatry because we have a more clear idea of what happens in the brain in these conditions. And how we can address it and how we can treat these conditions. And our treatments actually are very safe. And most, most of the times, actually, psychotherapy, just talk therapy works. And sometimes we need medications, which are actually among the safest and most comfortably mm. tolerated medications. And uh, treatment courses usually are short. And that's one of the things I love about my job.
0: Arash, it sounds like your dog needs attention. His primitive brain is barking.
1: Yes, he's a great Pyrenees who is not excited about people outside trick-or-treating.
0: <laughs> Arash, thanks so much for this. Sure, it
1: was a pleasure.
0: Arash Javanbacht, he's an assistant professor of psychiatry at Wayne State University. Let's check that drive home. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.